chapter four of the love affairs of pixie by mrs george t horn vesey this librivox recording is in the public domain the invitation the immediate consequence of the pixie pronouncement was a correspondence between her two elder sisters wherein bridgie ate humble pie and esmeralda rode the high horse after the manner born you were right about pixie darling it is dull for her here in this strange town where we have so few friends and now that she is nearly twenty-one it does not seem right to shut her up she ought to go about and see the world and meet boys and girls of her own age and so dear would it be convenient to you to have her for a few months until you go up to town your life in the country will seem a whirl of gaiety after our monotonous jog-trot and she has been so useful and diligent helping me these last years with never a thought for her own enjoyment that she deserves all the fun she can get i am sad at parting from her but if it's good for her i'll make the effort she has two nice new frocks and i could get her another for parties thus bridgie esmeralda's reply came by return the big slanting writing plentifully underlined at last my dear you have come to your senses for a sweet-tempered person you certainly have as i've told you before a surprising amount of obstinacy in future do try to believe that in matters of worldly wisdom i know best and be ruled by me pixie can come at once the sooner the better but for pity's sake my dear spare me the frocks felice can run her up a few things to last until i have time to take her to town if i am to take her about she must be dressed to please me and do me credit we have people coming and going all the time and i'll be thankful to have her i wouldn't say so for the world bridgie but you have been selfish about pixie never a bit of her have i had to myself she has come for the regular christmas visits of course and sometimes in summer but it's always been with you and dick and the children it's only the leavings of attention she's had to spare for anyone else now my boys will have a chance perhaps she can keep them in order i can't they are the pride and the shame and the joy and the grief and the sunshine and the thunder and lightning and earthquake of my life bridgie did you ever think it would feel like that to be a mother i thought it would be all pure joy but there's a big ache mixed in jeff was so naughty this morning so disobedient and rude and i prayed bridgie i shut myself in my room and prayed for patience and then went down and spoke to him so sweetly you'd have loved to hear me i said if you want to grow up a good wise man like father you must learn to be gentle and polite did you ever hear father speak rudely to me oh no says he quite simply but i've often heard you speak rudely to him now what was a poor misguided mother to say to that especially when it was true you are never cross so your youngsters can never corner you like that but i am often which proves that i need pixie more than you do and she'd better hurry along pixie came lightly into the dining-room just as bridgie was reading the last words of the letter 
she was almost invariably late for breakfast a fact which was annoying to captain victor's soldierly sense of punctuality he looked markedly at the clock and pixie said genially i apologize me dear the young needs sleep then she fell to work at her porridge with healthy enjoyment she wore a blue serge skirt and a bright red silk shirt neatly belted by a strip of patent leather the once straggly locks were parted in the middle and swathed around a little head which held itself jauntily aloft her eyes danced her lips curved it was a bare eight o'clock in the morning a period when most people are languid and half awake but there was no languor about pixie she looked intensely brilliantly alive a stream of vitality seemed to emanate from her little form and fill the whole room the dog stirred on the rug and rose to his feet the canary hopped to a higher perch and began to sing dick victor felt an excess of appetite and helped himself to a second egg and more bacon this is wednesday announced pixie genially and it's fine i love fine wednesdays it's a habit from the old school time when they were half holidays and meant so much i wonder what nice thing will happen to-day husband and wife exchanged a glance they knew and loved this habit of expecting happiness and looking forward to the joys rather than the sorrows of the future which had all her life been characteristic of pixie o'shaughnessy they realized that it was to this quality of mind rather than to external happenings that she owed her cheerful serenity but this morning it was impossible not to wonder how she would view the proposed change of abode i've had a letter from esmeralda announced bridgie baldly from behind the urn and quick as thought pixie's sharp eyes searched her face but that's not nice it's given you a wrinkle take no notice and she'll write to-morrow to say she's sorry she's got to worry or die but there's no reason why you should die too roll it up into spills and forget all about it i can't it's important and she's not worrying it's very bidgie paused for a moment just one moment to swallow that accusation of selfishness kind pixie darling it's about you me cried pixie and dropped her spoon with a clang bridgie had already pushed back her chair from the table pixie pushed hers to follow suit such a prosaic affair as breakfast had plainly vanished from their thoughts but captain victor had by no means forgotten nor did it suit him to face emotional scenes to an accompaniment of bacon and eggs after breakfast please he cried in what his wife described as his barracks voice and which had the effect in this instance of making her turn on the tap of the urn so hurriedly that she had not had time to place her cup underneath she blushed and frowned pixie deftly moved the toast-rack so as to conceal the damage and proceeded to eat a hearty breakfast with undiminished appetite it was not until captain victor had left the room to pay his morning visit to the nursery that bridgie again referred to her sister's letter and then her first words were of reproach how could you sit there pixie eating your breakfast as calm 
come as you please when you knew there was news news that concerned yourself i was hungry said pixie calmly and i love excitement it's the breath of my nostrils all the while i was making up stories with myself as heroine i'm afraid it will be only disappointment i'll feel when you tell me truth is so tame compared to imagination besides there was dick she smiled a forbearing elderly smile you can't live in the house with dick without learning self-control he's so he's not contradicted dick's wife with loyal fervour dick was quite right he always is it was his parents who were to blame for making him english she sighed and stared reflectively out of the window we ought to be thankful pixie that we are irish through and through it means so much that english people can't even understand seeing jokes when they are sad and happiness when they are bored and being poor and not caring and miserable and forgetting and interested and excited every single hour concluded pixie deeply and they laughed in concert in the contemplation of the advantages of an irish temperament they had come near forgetting the real subject of discussion but the sight of the letter on the table before her recalled it to bridgie's remembrance she straightened her back and assumed an air of responsibility a natural dramatic instinct prompting her to play her part in appropriate fashion dick and i have been feeling my dear that as you are now really grown up you ought to be having a livelier time than we can give you in this strange town and esmeralda has been saying the same thing for years past she feels we have been rather selfish in keeping you so much to ourselves and thinks that it is her turn to have you live with her for a time we think so too pixie not for altogether of course for three or four months say and then you might go over to knock and come back to us again for christmas of course darling you understand that we don't want you to go pixie stared silently across the table she had grown rather white and her brows were knitted in anxious consideration bridget victor she said solemnly is it the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth you were telling me or is it just an excuse to get me out of the way if there's any trouble or worry or illness or upset coming on that you want to spare me because i'm young you'd better know at once that it will only be the expense of the journey wasted for on the very first breath of it i'd fly back to you if it was across the world i know it said bridgie and blinked back a tear but it's the whole truth and nothing but the truth pixie that we are the happiest and the healthiest and the contentedest little family in the country and there's no need to worry about us we were only thinking of you and you are free in this instance to think only of yourself that's agreeable was pixie's comment the frown left her brow and she smiled the wide lips parting to show brilliantly white little teeth teeth very nearly as pretty and infantile as those belonging to the small patsy upstairs beholding that smile bridgie had no doubt as to the verdict which she was about to hear and suffered an unreasoning pang of a disappointment then i'll confess to you my dear continued pixie affably 
that i find myself just in the mood for excitement so long as you are well there's nothing on earth i'd love so much at this moment as to go off on a junket if esmeralda wants to give me a good time let the poor thing have her way i'll not hinder her i'll go and i'll love it but i'll not promise how long i shall stay all sorts of things may happen yes said bridgie dreamily all sorts of things and so pixie o'shaughnessy went forth to meet her fate End of chapter four